Hello, and welcome to the Label and Narrow Web podcast, where we explore all topics related to labels and packaging. I'm your host, Greg Carinha, editor of Label and Narrow Web, and today we will take you on a deep dive into the world of wine labels. Wine labeling is one of the most important markets in our industry. In this case, the label can certainly make or break the sale. In fact, many people choose their wines based solely on the label, and that helps it stand out amongst the sea of bottles. The modern consumer has hundreds of wine choices available to them, and they make their purchase decision in seconds, largely based on that label design. Standing out, however, can be an inexact science, as different wine drinkers will prioritize different appearances with their labels. To help us learn more about all the important considerations in wine labeling, from the supplier to the designer and ultimately the consumer, we have two experts joining us, Vanita Marzette and Joyce Vagnosi. Thank you both for joining us. And uh, if you can, can you both uh, introduce yourselves to our audience? Hi, I'm Vanita Marzat. I am a senior product manager for Wine and Spirits here at Avery Dennison. Thanks, Greg. I am a senior strategic account manager for Avery Dennison, working primarily in the wine and spirits business. Vanita Joyce, thanks so much for joining us. So to start out, I know that Avery Dennison just attended the Unified Wine and Grape Symposium in California. What are some trends that you are both seeing in wine and what can we expect for 2024? Interesting enough, um, when I think back to the show, I think about a lot of things that come to mind. Premiumization is still out there because as you were saying earlier, all these different wine brands are looking to stand out And so folks are looking to do all kinds of wonderful things to their labels. They're embossing. They want different things to kind of make that label come to life. But one of the things that we talked about, regardless of whether it was a winery or even a um, designer who stopped by our booth, was sustainability. That is big. Um, They're looking for things to be more sustainable. Um, They're looking for things to really still look premium but have more sustainable. So we talked to them a lot about our post-consumer waste papers. They were also asking a lot of questions about some of the thicker face stocks, which we know they like those because they emboss very well. They hold all of the different decorations. So I would say premiumization is still there so they can stand out on the shelf and also sustainability in a big way. I would agree with that. Uh, Whereas sustainability in the past has been nice to have or something that's being considered but not necessarily chosen now it's almost assumed that the selection will be something that has a sustainability angle to it whether it's a certain percentage of post-consumer waste or whether they're asking for a hundred percent post-consumer waste it's in every conversation agree agree it's becoming a big part of it especially with the wineries And just to follow up on that, is that something that consumers are interested in as well? Or is that really more the brands are are looking for substrates that are more sustainable? Well, we have a lot of market research that talks about um, our consumers and the trends with the consumers. And a lot of consumers, especially the Gen Y, Gen Z consumers, are demanding sustainability and the kindness to Mother Earth more than anyone. They're demanding that of brands. Correct. And then you have all of these organizations that have their sustainability goals where they want to tell the story of how they're contributing. So this is another part of that as well. 
That's great. And, and let's say I go into a wine store. How how would I know necessarily as a consumer if the label is more sustainable than maybe what it might have been 10 or 15 years ago? That's a great question. You will see on some labels, there will be a small note explaining that this is printed on post-consumer, you know, 30% post-consumer or 100% post-consumer. But many will not include that printed on the label, but it would be available if they went to their website. And then there are things that we know that are renewable, like wood. We have some wood, some, some ice cream top. We have some labels made from wood. And you, that's something you can seeable. So you know we're using things that can renew out in the environment. Uh, okay, that, that's good to know. And, and just in general, how does a label impact a consumer's perception of a wine? Like I walk into a wine store, what does the label do to me when I'm looking at it on shelf? That's a great I, question. When you um, have conversations starting with the designers. And if you were within a room of designers, you would see that they're all touching the label and having the tactile experience because that tactile experience conveys premiumization. So they want it to say that this label is something special as is the wine inside. Exactly. We also have a lot of research where we know you only have a certain amount of time. I think it's something like three to six seconds or something like that to capture the consumer's attention. And I myself, I don't drink a lot of wine. I'm more on the spirit side, but I bring wine to parties. And so I'm looking at labels and there are a lot of consumers out there who pick wine based on the label, what attracts them. But certainly different consumers could be looking for different things from their labels. Like if I'm looking for a, a label I might be looking for something flashy, but, uh, you know, an aficionado might be looking for something that's more muted and traditional. So, I mean, there are a wide spectrum of labeling approaches uh, from traditional to modern. How do brands decide on the right style for their product? It's really about their image, right? So what their story is, what would they like to convey? Are they a traditional company that wants a traditional uncoated paper and a very clean look on their label or are they trying to attract a different generation of people who want more information and bolder colors and more hot stamp or cold stamp embellishments that really make it stand out it really there there is definitely uh, people try to match it with who they are agree a brand really has to work with their designer to really understand what their consumer target is and then also what their brand essence is and marry the two so that it comes to life in their label because that's where they're telling their story. And would you say that the younger generations maybe are looking for a flasher label or are they just looking for something that is uh, said to be sustainable and maybe uh, older generations are looking for something that's a little more traditional or can it be all over the map? It's all over the map. I yes. think it's what you're exposed to, what you know. So, for example, if you know a wine is delicious and that's what you want to buy and you are 22 and that's what you want, then you may spend your money on what you know is absolutely delicious, even though maybe the label doesn't speak to you. But because you know what's inside, that's why you buy it. For those people who are buying purely on what they're seeing on the shelf with the label, it's all over the place.
Agree. And that's one of the reasons why we try to make sure we have a full breadth of products in our line. Because you have folks, kind of like what Joyce was saying, who wants just the smooth, uncoated paper, but we have some who wants flash. And so we bring in a full breadth of that with wet strength. Um, so that it can survive in the ice bucket, which we know a lot of wines are going, you know, go into ice buckets, so that we can have that as a um, canvas for the designers to use as they're trying to work with the brands to attract the consumers. And Vanita, you mentioned before about being more of a spirits. It's differ when it comes to labeling approaches. So what can you tell us about the difference there? I don't know if there really is much difference between it because once again it's about that brand joyce i know you have a lot of customers who sell spirits do you see them asking for anything different so there's definitely the element of films clear films metalized films white films poor spirits but there are definitely spirits today that use paper it just really depends on what they're trying to convey with their story and that's really helpful for the story. Moving on to the technical side of that, what are some of the material uh, or adhesive challenges that you run into for wines and spirits? And would you say that those challenges differ for each application, whether you're talking about spirits or for wines? So with this, with wines, um, you have your challenges because you know it's going into the ice bucket. So we know we want to keep the wet papers because they're stronger in the um, ice bucket, but we also have adhesives that we know work great in the ice bucket, work great with the decorations that are going on the label. And so you have to think about all the different places and the application because like champagnes, um, it's cold, it's wet. So we have to make sure you have the not only the materials that stand up to that environment, but also the adhesives. Right. And then there's also the element of the label size and the label placement because Glass is not always perfect, so there are some designs that challenge the glass, uh, and we have to be, work with those applications to make sure that we are giving them the best product that will work and will avoid bubbling and other issues on the application line. In response to the growing demand for premium neck labels, Avery Dennison has developed a portfolio of materials purpose-built for neck labeling. We're proud to address this opportunity for branding and design differentiation with this new range. Our new collection offers brands in this industry a premium look and feel, a consistent product image, and most importantly, a high-end brand aesthetic with no risk of neck label detachments. And speaking of other features of the label, I know we mentioned sustainability before, but I wanted to circle back to sustainability since uh, it's such a hot topic in our industry. I mean, as a matter of fact, Label Narrow Web uh, ran a survey uh, right at the start of 2024 on sustainability uh, pretty much across the board was was one of the, the key things that everyone was interested in. So as we talk about wine labels, how are brands incorporating eco-friendly practices into their labeling? So we see a lot of interest with the post-consumer waste. We have a lot of um, brands, so we keep in our portfolio 30% PCW, post-consumer waste papers, to 100% post-consumer waste papers. But we also have a lot of brands who are looking for papers that have organic ingredients in it. So take, for instance, we have hemp paper, stone paper, because those are sustainable too. They're using renewable products. 
Um, we get a lot of requests across that whole board and it helps them, especially if a brand is saying, you know, we are using sustainable practices and we're moving that over into our packaging. It makes their story come to life. And you both have a lot of experience with Avery Dennison, of course. I, I mean, I've been with Label and Arrow Web uh, over nine years, almost 10 years now. When I came into the industry, like sustainability was talked about, but it was not uh, the topic that it is today. In your opinion, what has really been the driving change? Why has it changed so much where, you know, 10 years ago, sustainability is more of a buzzword. Now I feel like this is really part of uh, what a label needs to be, what a material needs to be. What has really been the difference for that change in your opinion? I think it's been a combination of things. We have a lot of global customers where we know a lot of them are looking to overseas and Europe for some of the things that are going on there. We also know consumers are demanding brands to be more sustainable. And then I think I've been in this business six years, but I also think even in that six years, I've seen a lot of change in the attitude towards sustainability, but I think it's the brands are doing the right things and they're understanding what their customers are asking for and they're responding to it and it's becoming more and more important. I would agree. And it's, it's no different from how we recycle at home, right? And the generational differences that I'd see in my own family where the younger generations, it's natural to talk about recycling and to make sure that you're recycling and you're buying recycled products and you're doing things that are good for the earth. Whereas the older generation, it's not a natural conversation because they weren't raised thinking that way. It's the same thing here. We're all trying to contribute to um, the health of our earth. And speaking of recycling, what are some of the different types of label materials that are available to brands looking to choose sustainable solutions, maybe that are more recyclable? Well, we stay with re recycled. So we have the post-consumer waste, there's pre-consumer waste, there's industrial waste. There's a lot of ways to get there. Um, our strategy is to work with our supply partners with post-consumer waste because we think that's the way everything is going. And then there's also renewable. So there's things, so you can see papers made out of grass, made out of hemp, made out of different things like that, that we know grow bad. So there's a... Go ahead. Sorry, Renita, I was just going to say also the contribution of using a recycled polyester liner as well. So, yeah, it's moving from the face to the liner. And we also eat our adhesives, making sure we don't have any of the restricted um, components in it. So we're all getting more sustainable as the years go by. That's great. And and you've mentioned a bunch of different uh, materials and options. How can, I guess from like a technical side, how can choosing materials with recycled content actually help minimize the overall environmental impact? Well, it's kind of what we were saying before. The more we reuse the materials, the more we have it available and the, the more environmentally so friendly, we're making the planet. That makes sense. And premiumization obviously was mentioned earlier uh, among the trends that you've both noticed. Uh, and we've been talking a lot about sustainability. 
Are you seeing more premium brands now choosing sustainability or for the premium brands is the focus still on embellishments? I think it's both. You can be premium and still be sustainable. You don't lose here. A lot of the papers that even we launch that are 30 to 100% post-consumer waste um, are premium papers. So you don't lose here. You don't have to choose one or the over the other one. You can have a nice paper that has post-consumer waste or made out of some organic ingredients and still have that premium look and it still will hold um, all of the embellishments um, that our brands are looking for. And do you think that a lot of brands know that that's available to them? I mean, are those part of the discussions that you're having with them that it doesn't have to be an either or that, that you can get a uh, a premium label while still being uh, lowering the carbon footprint and being protectful of the environment? We we know that our customers, so the label printers, have these conversations frequently about what's available and what would meet their sustainability goals and provide options. And as we add new products, we make sure there's a sustainability element to it so they have more options to provide. That's good to know. There are obviously a number of considerations here. How does Avery Dennison work with printers to make sure that their needs are being met? We work with them a couple different ways. Um, as we are launching new items or coming up with new innovations, we share this with them. We train them on that. We give them collateral about our portfolios and we give them our even our swatch books that shows all the materials. So then as they're meeting with their customers, whether it's wineries, distilleries, or even designers, they're able to show them their offering and it comes to life in a nice way um, for those um, wineries and designers. Agree. We have, I completely agree. Our printer partners reach out to us for needs that they have and we discuss the portfolio and also any additional materials that they may need us to source for them. And the partnership we have with our printers is appreciated and critical in helping these brands continue to grow. Estate 8, Estate 17 Martel, and Bright White Felt are among the most coveted wine label face stops. These classics have been relied on by countless designers over the years to bring a touch of elegance and gravitas to their clients' products. Now, as consumer trends drive the wine industry to find more sustainable packaging solutions, you can choose 30% PCW versions of these face stocks from the Avery Dennison Wine and Spirits portfolio. That's great. And as someone who's visited Avery Dennison and seen the capabilities with smart labeling that you have in, in some of your labs there, uh, looking at how we live in this tech savvy world, technology is permeating every industry and wine and spirits are obviously no exception. How are producers incorporating technology into their labeling strategies? Oh, there's a couple different ways that they're doing it. We are seeing brands incorporating things from QR codes um, all the way up to other multimedia content, whether it's um, NFC tags or other different things like that to not only just watch their, but to also engage with consumers. So we've seen a lot of brands do recipes for cocktails, do um, games, sponsorships, those kind of different things to engage with their consumers through these different avenues. 
it also helps the it also helps the brands if you think about it just tell a story so if they really want to have consumers engage with them and understand who they are and what their brand stands for this gives them an opportunity to do it from the bottom from the from the supermarket shelf also And do you think that uh, most consumers know that this technology is available? So, I mean, let's say uh, I walk into a wine store and I uh, hold my phone up to, uh, you know, using a QR code or anything like that. And it, and it tells me where the grapes were picked, what vineyard they came from, uh, you know, different, you know, a, a way to make a sangria, let's say. Is that something that consumers are, are becoming more aware of? I believe so. Um, it all started. Um, a couple of years ago where there were quite a few brands where you go into the store and there's displays that tell you take a picture, that kind of different things. But I also think at this point, the world is more technical um, and they're more savvy with that kind of things. It, when you see a QR code, you see everybody pull out a camera real quick um, with their iPhone and different things like that. And they know that that's what they need to do. Versus before you saw more of the... Um, POP explaining, hey, do this. I think at this point, a lot of folks know that stuff, especially the um, younger generations. That's great. Thanks for covering that. And uh, we're actually wrapping up today. But before we do, I really want to gaze into the future uh, and ask both of you, what innovations and trends do you foresee in the world of wine labeling? Well, that's an interesting one. I do think the ones that we're seeing now will continue, if not even go um, increase. So premiumization, because you always will have to attract that consumer, regardless of whether you're talking about a retail shelf or even, you know, more people are buying things online. But I know my friends, when they're looking at bottle of wines and different things like that, they're still blowing up the picture to look at it. So you still have to catch that attention. So it's all the different embellishments and different things like that that's going to draw consumers into the brands. So that's going to continue. The other thing I still think is sustainability. So we went from a buzzword to more people are asking about it to more people will be demanding it. It is just going to be table stakes. Agree. I, I still see more and more storytelling. I, I don't think that will stop. I think people latch onto that. So I think that trend will continue as well. That's terrific. Well, that actually brings us to the end of today's episode on wine labels. I want to thank our guests for educating us on this fascinating topic. And for our listeners, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the future, feel free to reach out to us through email or social media. Until next time, this is Greg Kernia signing off. Thank you again for joining us.